Let us pray. Oh Lord, we come to you today and we thank you for this day. Every single day is a gift from you. And to have a day with opportunities and moments like this where we can meet one another and you and be in church and just be alive is fantastic. And we thank you for this. You are an amazing God. You could have easily just continued your work somewhere else. But you still give time and attention to all of us. In Psalm 8, David says, Who are we that you are even mindful of us? Who are we that you even consider us? Because what is it that we can come today and offer you? What value can we bring to your kingdom? Actually nothing. So all that we have is grace and your kindness and your love. I pray, O oh Lord, that the words that I need to speak today will be words that will help us in our journey as we continue to seek your will and to serve your kingdom. Thank you for this place, for all the people involved in our services. And thank you, Lord, for calling us through your Spirit to be a part of your work and your world. The things we asked, we asked in the name of Jesus. Amen. I don't know about you, but I grew up with all these children's stories. Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, and Cinderella, and Rumputzel, and then this Hansel and Gretel, and others. They are terrible. They are, think for a moment, and all these stories, what happens there? Snow White, and then there's this witch that brings her an apple that tries to kill her. Rumputzel has this terrible woman that puts her up in a tower. Uh, uh, Cinderella has this really terrible family that's now uh, keeping her back where she needs to clean and do all of these things. And then there's a wolf that comes and tries to blow down the hut of the little piggies that's trying to stay safe. It's terrible. I think I'm still in therapy. <laughs> and the worst of all of these is probably Hansel and Gretel. I don't know if you grew up with that thing, but I grew up with it in South Africa. It was terrible. The parents are trying to get rid of their kids, so the children overhears it, and then they, uh, the little boy decides he will pick up stones, pebbles, and then as the parents take them into the woods to leave them there because there was a huge famine, he drops the pebbles, and then he says to his sister, don't worry, we'll find our way back with the pebbles. It's terrible. And then one day he didn't find any pebbles and took breadcrumbs and then the birds came. You know the story. And the birds ate up with the breadcrumbs. They couldn't find their way back. And then there's the witch again that tries to cook them. I don't know. <laughs> New nightmares for you and me, just thinking of those things. So I was jogging one day, thinking about my sermon, and I was realizing, but in the story I need to preach about today, it has to do with, not with pebbles but with stones. And for some reason, reason, this Hansel and Gretel story came back to me. And I realized there's some similarity because, because what the Lord is going to teach us now in the book of Joshua and then this stupid story of Hansel and Gretel. They had little pebbles to bring them back and the Lord gave his nation stones to bring them back. So let's figure it out. Let's find it out together. When the entire nation had finished crossing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Select 12 men from the people, one from each tribe, and command them. Take 12 stones from here out of the middle of the Jordan, from the place where the priest's feet stood, and carry them over with you. 
and lay them down in the place where you camp tonight. So that this may be a sign among you. So there are, I, didn't, I can't read all of it. It's a whole chapter. You read it at home. So this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come, what do those stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off in front of the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord when it crossed over the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the Israelites a memorial forever. Those twelve stones which they had taken out of the Jordan, Joshua set up at Gilgal, saying to the Israelites, when your children ask their parents in time to come, what do these stones mean? Then you shall let your children know. Israel crossed over the Jordan here on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until, crossed, until you crossed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which He dried up for us until we crossed over, so that all the people of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, so that you may fear the Lord your God forever. Now you'll find if you go and read the story, there's a little bit of a discrepancy in the story, because at some point it seems as if they built up a heap of stones in the middle of the Jordan, and then the other part of the story said, no, they built up this heap of stones in Gilgal. That's just on the other side. It's definitely on the other side of the bank where they actually built up the stone heap that they had there. But the Lord told him, put stones in a heap. Why? Because your life will continue. They were part of an amazing miracle. They walked through the Jordan on dry, on dry land. But God is not going to do a miracle every day, is He? And that's the problem for us. You see, there are certain things that the Lord has done in the past, and there are certain things that I believe God is still doing today, but... When I face life and its challenges, and I pray and I ask the Lord to come and resolve issues for me and help me to deal with these challenges, I sort of expect of the Lord to come and do an amazing miracle for me because that's what we all want to God to do. In this journey of Israel, God did amazing miracles. He, he helped them through the desert. He helped them now get through the Jordan. And He also helped them in the beginning to, to invade the country and take it over. Next week, I will talk about that a little bit more. But then it stops. And the Lord knew this. At some point, the Israelites are going to be at home. They're going to cook and they're going to clean. And they're going to try to live their lives. And new things are going to happen. New challenges will start to enter their lives. And they're going to struggle not only with themselves and with the world around them, but also with God. And in their prayers, they're going to say what you and I are many times saying, God, where are you? I've been asking you to resolve this, to do this for me and time and time again. We all have prayed for some good resolve, and it did not happen. God, where are you? God didn't come to give us heaven on earth. Otherwise, we would not need paradise. God came to this world to help us. I will guide you through a very broken world. But I'm not going to resolve every single thing that's important to you because I'm busy with my kingdom, not only personally, with, with your own personal life even though you are important to me. Therefore, on this journey, I will be involved in your life, but there were many times when you will think, where am I? And I tell you, I am there, and what will remind you of the fact that I'm there are the stories behind you. The stories behind you. That's what he was telling Israel with these heap of stones. He said, as you go towards the future, and you start to struggle about who you are, your identity in me, 
and who I am as God and my identity in your lives, then you need to turn back to that heap of stones and remind yourself that I did an amazing thing there for you. I've had countless of people that I've talked to in my life who said to me, I'm going through a very difficult time now, and it seems as if everything is dark, as if there's no door that is open to me that can bring a resolve for the situation that I'm in. And I would many times say to the person, have you been in a place like this before? And many, many times a person would say yes. And I say, so did you get through that crisis many years ago? Probably yes, otherwise I would not be here sitting with you. I said, maybe that is what the Lord wants us to do. The Lord wants to remind us that we actually need to back up to the future. Back up to the future means that if I turn and I look this direction, I see darkness and closed doors. If I turn around and I look back, I can see how the Lord has opened doors in the past for me many years ago, maybe a few years ago, but He has done things for me, and I actually need to face the future by walking backwards and looking what God has done, because this reminds me that the same God that is there is also the God that is here. Because He won't let go of us. Therefore, I need to set reminders for myself. The problem is that we Many times just want God to do everything. And He will do everything for us that serves His kingdom. But it is as if we seldom want to put an effort into our relationship with God. We many times think, okay, just praying, that's what God wants of me. Just reading the Bible every now and then, maybe that's what God asks of me. Coming to church and serving, serving Him at this church is what God asks of me. But in any relationship, we need more things. We are celebrating Father's Day today. So I have a card lying on my desk that one of my, my kids gave me. The other one will probably, hopefully, where's the other one? They're not yet given me my card. Come on. Okay. They're in the cry room. But on Father's Day, they give you something, a card. And, and I have a, a shelf, a, shelf a, a drawer at home. And I think there may be cards in there from 2001, maybe 1999. I don't know, but I throw them in there. And a while ago, I went through that drawer and I was looking at cards that my kids gave me when they were still in high school. It reminded me of the stories that we spent together and things that we enjoyed in the past. What have I done to remind me of my Father in Heaven's involvement in my life? So maybe it's good for you and me to sometimes take a album, a picture album, and page through my picture album, and not only see the good things that happened with me when my children were born, or this happened, or that happened, but remind myself, that was God. That was God involved in my life, helping me to get from A to B to C, even to pass the exam that I thought I would never pass when I had to study Greek and Hebrew and all of those stuff. That God was actually there, and if God was there, why will He not be here for me in 2022 and in 23 if I'm still alive? Why will the same God not be there with me if He was then there with me? So maybe a note on our microwave in our kitchen. We have a small little cross that says, The Lord is with you. So every time when I open the microwave, I see this little thing that says, reminds me that the Lord is with me. In my Bible, I've got a few things. When I open my Bible, there's a bookmark that tells me something. And I remember a while ago, I, I was sort of struggling a little bit with, you know, life. 
And I opened my Bible, and there's this bookmark, and I remembered the person who gave it to me when we were still living in South Africa. And there was a crisis at that point in our country, and the person who gave this to me and said, Ferdy, you're going to preach on Sunday, and, and I hope this will help a little bit. And it reminded me God helped us through that time, and God will help us through this time. And maybe it's personal. If you go walking with me or running, you can ask Luis or my kids, you see that ring? It's hanging on a tree. I picked that up probably 14 years ago, eight years ago. I was running, and there's this metal ring. I know what it is. It's on the inside of a hubcap. So if you lose your hubcap, there's this ring that keeps the thing to the wheel. So somebody's hubcap fell off, and the ring sort of found its way to the side of the road. I saw it. What am I going to do with this ring? I don't want to leave it there, so I hung it up in a tree. Every time when I see this thing, it reminds me of the unending love of God. So when I go through a dark time and I run that little route, I always point to that little ring. Louise knows this. I would always say, there's my ring. It's, still hanging. it's now rusted. It's been hanging there. I had to move it a few times because the things would break. And once it fell off and I looked for it, I have it and put it back. Because that's my, that's my stupid little ring. On my way as I run, because I've got trees to pray for you guys, then I've got my ring to mind to remind me of God's unending love. God says, you, get your own heap of stones if necessary. Get your pebble to bring you back to me because this world will drag you away like in the story of Hansel and Gretel and all of these stories that we know so well. The world is always filled with witches and dark people and dark things that wants to take away your joy. When the children ask, what do these stones mean to you? Now, there are two ways of getting to this heap of stones. You can be on journey and then the children say, ah, oh, this is a stupid heap of stones. Why is that there? That's the one option. The other option was to take your children to where the stones were. To point it out to them and to remind them of the story of God. I think that's a crisis in our country. The fact that parents do not point out stones anymore. Do not even point out the Bible and the stories of the Bible to their children anymore. We live in a country where they want to erase our history and everything that's important. And I believe God has been involved in the history of the world and the history of this country. And is everything good? No. But because we live in a broken world, but in the midst of all the brokenness of the histories of all the world, I can see the hand of God moving a group of people forward. Maybe it's time for us to point to our children and say, God has been here in the midst of all this brokenness. And people messing up, God has always dragged us forward because that's what God is doing. Maybe that's the reason why I got some statistics this week that less than, it's, it's like 47% of Americans now associate themselves with a church, a place of worship. In 1999, it was 70%. It's 47% of people. Less than half of our 360 million people say we've got a church. Why did that happen? Because those are the children of the people who never told their children who God is. We can do it. We can fix this. All the people of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty. You may fear the Lord God forever. These stones were there for God. These stones were ready to remind us who God is. And I am always reminded that, man, I've got a God that's a big God, not a small God. 
I've got a God that controls this world and the story of this world. And even though the inflation is high and the politicians mess up and there's a war in Ukraine and, and things are just, I always say to myself, Revelation is true. It's all in the book of Revelation. It's never going to be easy. And every time when these bad things just continue to happen, I say to myself, it's in the Bible. God's got it. Because the book of Revelation tells me the victory has been won. I live in the hand of God who is in control of your story, my story. That we can trust Him. But we also need to fear Him. Not in the sense of being scared of Him, but we worship Him. I'm not going to preach about the next chapter. Chapter 5 is very interesting. So in chapter 4, the, the Lord says to Joshua, let these guys pick up a stone and put the stones there. Twelve stones, twelve tribes. That, that'll be a memorial, an image, a sign of who I am. The next chapter, chapter 5, talks about two things that had to happen in Gilgal. They had to circumcise all the men because they didn't do it for 40 years in the wilderness. And then the next story, right after that, they had to celebrate Passover. Guess what replaces circumcision in the New Testament? Baptism. Guess what's a, what, what, what replaces um, Passover in the New Testament? The Lord's Supper. When the Lord told him, get stories to remind you and things to remind you of my acts in this world, baptism for us and the Lord's Supper for us in the New Testament time. Do you know how many times in my life, personally, I have had this wrestling match with the Lord in my mind where I say, what are you doing? I'm not sure if you know what you're up to, with respect. Because I was in disagreement with God. I don't think what he's doing is good. And then we're reminded, I'm, I'm baptized, I'm baptized, remember this. You told me when I was baptized that you will take care of me and that I'm in your hand, and therefore I trust you that you are my God, and I can ask of you to help me through this thing that I need to do now. I'm baptized. On that day, Lord, you said that you will take care of me and my family and my life. And even though I don't understand it, I know I'm part of you because I've got the mark of water on my body. There's a baptismal font in the Nordic. As you walk out today, touch the water. Remind yourself and the living Lord as you drive home, you're baptized. Claim the promise that God has given you. That's what the Old Testament prophets did. I'm not this arrogant. I found it in the Bible. The Old Testament prophets would say to God, where are you? You promised these things and nothing is happening. Do it now for us, please. The Lord told the story of a woman standing in front of a judge, and the judge said after a while, oh, let me grant her what she wants, otherwise you know, I will be in trouble with her. He says, that's what we can do with our Father. Claim your baptism. And the Lord's Supper, every Sunday, once a week, or once a month, first Sunday of the month when we have the Lord's Supper, we're reminded of an amazing story, isn't it? One of the biggest acts of love that anyone can ever imagine. Where God sent His Son, the Creator of heaven and earth, to become human, to relate to us that we may understand that God cares, and then to suffer and die that you and I may live. What more? What more? My second last slide. Hansel and Gretel is really sort of a stupid story, but okay. But in that story, this little kid leaves a pebble behind to help him and his sister find their way back home. 
so they would be protected from the bad witch. Now, I do not know whether the worst thing was at home or with the witch, because the parents were also not that great, but okay. But the pebbles were supposed to bring you back to safety from the dark, terrible forest. If I look at the Bible, I find many little stones that God has left for us to help find our, our way back to Him, because as we live in this world, Countless of things will try to steal your faith and your joy. The worst thing that you can do is to lose your joy. I've seen so many people that are so run down, and I would say, have you lost your joy? How can you lose your joy as a Christian? Never lose your joy because you are owned by God. Oh, I don't see it anymore. Go look at the stones in your story. Because in your life story, there will be stones that the Lord has left also for you. And then if you can't find very clear stones now, there's a rock with a cross on it that is called Calgary. If you ever want a stone in your life to bring you back to the truth of who God is, there it is. It's for you. Amen.